This is the Six Man Show, an Orlando Magic podcast, with your hosts, Luke Sylvia and Jonathan Osborne, covering all things Magic basketball. By fans, for fans. Go Magic. What's going on, Orlando Magic fans? You guys are back with the Six Man Show. It is October 26, 2020. As always, I'm joined by my co-host, Luke Sylvia. Luke, what's up, buddy? Uh, not much. Just still living the uh, newborn dad life. Um, watching, been watching some NFL today. Had a, you know a lot of fun with the yeah, Big Ten being back. Uh, how, what the NFL or the raising a kid? Because hey. raising a kid right now is better. So. Oh man, I mean, you know, it's rewarding it's hard so like for the most part it really should be better than the nfl but i was specifically asking about the nfl because i know it's not going that well yeah yeah no um but all i know is i'm having a a much better day all around than cam newton is um three ints on the day hasn't even eclipsed 100 passing yards and jared stidham is replacing him right now so did you see andy dalton get walloped yeah that wasn't that wasn't good that was bad dude that that had um not to, not to bring up you know bad memories, but like Tim Tebow, I think it was against Kentucky. Mm-hmm. That was mm-hmm. those kind of vibes. The head hit the yeah. ground very hard. Yes, it's not good. Andy Dalton helmet came off. He was just he was out. Like yeah, he was asleep on the field. Very yeah. scary. Kind kind of like um, Justin Gaethje last night asleep on Oof. the mat. And Khabib then yeah, and then Khabib just I mean it's terrible. Obviously you know lost his father to coronavirus earlier in the summer, and um. It sounded like he promised his mother that this was going to be it, that he, he yeah. wasn't going to go on with fighting without his father. Yeah, I mean, his dad was, as people who follow fighting know, his dad was ringside, part of his coaching staff, a big part of it, um, led the schemes and stuff like that uh, for Khabib. So, um, yeah, I mean, rest in peace to his dad. Prayer still to his family. That was months ago, but obviously, I mean, that's that still hurts, and especially to lose him uh, and do part to COVID and um so prayers out to them um glad khabib got his his win and to retire on a win um had a feeling he was retiring regardless um so i'm glad he got to do that under the circumstances of being champion still and not having to do it after you know losing and then dana white after the fight you know um announced that i guess khabib was dealing with like a broken foot for the last few weeks as well yep so still go out there and dominate like that just he's a monster one of the one of the best that uh, we'll ever see do it for sure. It just like every single fight, it just felt like it was inevitable that he was just going to smother the other guy, and yeah, one way or another, was going to end up winning. He's so. just so aggressive, man. He just he's he just presses. a terrifying human being. He seems like a super super nice guy. Yeah, but just one of the last people in the world that I would want to come across the wrong way. He he has lost one round in his career. Uh, round. Um, and obviously 29 and 0 after last night, some fans going to be disappointed. He didn't get to 30 and 0, but it, he had his very valid reasons. Uh, yeah, no, there's that category in UFC scoring. And I'll say this before we get into the magic part of things and NBA and all things that news, but he, uh, there's a category in UFC fighting that the judges base it on. And it, it's about control of the octagon who, who pressured, who had control, who was, you know, initiating Khabib is never not in control his he is always pressing you going up on you and if you're not countering which Gaethje was countering will pretty well last night during the first round Khabib came at him and he would be able to put something together but uh Khabib just too much I mean Gaethje knew exactly what he couldn't do 
Um, he said it in the press conference multiple times, and like you said, the inevitable happens with Khabib, and uh, it it's it's good night. I wish the fight would have gone longer, but it is what it is. Yeah, um, definitely unfortunate. I mean, good for him. It's going to be interesting to see what happens with that division in the UFC. Obviously, the the title is going to be vacated. So yeah, I don't know. Maybe Gaethje gets another chance at the title. He lost. But, um, I mean, we'll have to wait and see. But that's enough UFC. We're going to pivot to the NBA. Obviously, this is a NBA podcast, Orlando Magic specifically. Um, but what happens to the NBA is relevant, obviously, because what happens to the NBA happens through the Orlando Magic. So a couple of days ago, uh, Shams came out. Uh, Shams, however you pronounce his name. I'm not really certain on that. Uh, I say Shams, anyways. and I have no idea if that's right. Yeah, maybe Shams. Everybody knows who we're talking about. Uh, he came out with a tweet saying that the uh, NBA was – eyeing a date of December 22nd um, to start the 2020-2021 season. And then uh, Adrian Wojnarowski uh, released an article uh, with Brian Windhorst uh, the same day um, saying that the NBA was eyeing a pre-Christmas start. He didn't mention uh, the December 22nd date specifically for whatever reason. Um, but basically this does away with what uh, we had previously heard, Luke, about the NBA trying to wait until fans could be in arenas. Yeah. Um, and right now, I think it's two-thirds listed in this article of the league's local jurisdictions that aren't currently allowing for public gatherings of more than 500 people. So that kind of rules out fans being in arenas. Um, but also mentions that this would help the league accommodate a play-in tournament that we saw this year in the bubble, uh, at least in the Western Conference. It didn't come to that in the Eastern Conference, but um, that would be pretty neat, uh, which would also allow, I think they, they're talking about a two-week break at the midway point of the regular season, would also allow the NBA season, Luke, um, to finish before the Summer Olympics in Japan. So thoughts on the NBA possibly returning before Christmas and kind of, you know, so quickly. It's only been about two weeks since the, the season concluded with the Lakers holding up the LOB. Yeah. Um, I mean, I I think it's good. I think that you're kind of in this really weird spot if you're the NBA where you're saying, let's keep waiting. Well, it's going to be MLK Day. Well, it's going to be later down the road. Well, we're just waiting because we want to have fans. Um, and I think that the NBA decided and said, look, it's going to be – really irritating if we wait till March to try to have fans COVID cases spike back up and you know whatever it might be um, God forbid they spike back up but if they spike back up in the new year I mean you're looking at another few you know another, another month or two push back you're not playing on MLK day um, next thing you know you're not playing on your target date in March or whatever it might have been um, and then you're kind of looking at yourselves like well why didn't we just do this without fans in the first place so right. I think that this whole season um, is really just to make sure that they can have fans by the next season, um, that they you know get things done. They they're also going to be battling kind of the outside stuff. It's not going to be the Disney bubble. They might do regional play. I don't really know. Kind of like baseball, I think is done for uh, their season, but um, it, it's going to look very different. That is the one thing that I wonder about um, is if they start in December, is that too quick? Um, and obviously they're going to pin that down before you know they get there. They're, I don't think the NBA is going to make any rash decisions that will hopefully not backfire on them of what they could control. But you know you're you're two months you're less than two months out from the, when the season would start, which is insane. Um, you're less than two months away as of the 22nd of October. You're two months out. Um, I just don't know if that's too quick. Um, I trust that with I trust with their judgment. 
Um, but I'm interested to see that that means that only means the news cycle is going to get more insane, Jonathan, as we get closer to draft, people needing to know things, the league needing to hammer out details. We're going to find out, okay, do, you know, do a region of the NBA teams play over here and like in, in Florida, Georgia area, or how is that going to look? Um, will teams play more back to back, um, games in the same city to knock those out or, or there's just a lot to balance to limit travel travel right limit travel limit cases um all that kind of stuff limit tests probably um so yeah there's just a lot that that they have to do and um and once again i've said it once i'll say it a hundred times i'm so glad i'm not adam silver this is a lot to decide and on top of that, you got big events coming up in the NBA. You got free agency. You got the NBA draft. You you have next year. Next year, you have your loaded NBA draft class. I mean, you want fans in the in the stands by next year, so you don't want to mess this one up, because if you don't have fans in the stands watching that, you know those pro those rookies that are going to be coming out of high school and college next year for that loaded draft class. Um, I mean, you're missing out on a lot of money. So they just need to do it right this time around. Whether that means delaying the season. Um, obviously come up with a thorough plan or who knows. I can't see them canceling this season again if things get too overwhelming, but who knows? I just know that not this year, but next season really is got to be in their, you know, in, in the foresight. They, they, they need to get that right. A couple of – you make a lot of good points there, Luke. A couple of things I wanted to add. I don't know if I mentioned this at the beginning. Um, this would include – this plan to start, you know, pre-Christmas would include a 72-game regular season, um, yeah. which, again, would allow the, the season to fall short of the Summer Olympics next year uh, set to take place in Japan. Mm-hmm. Luke, I think this also d- does a few things for the league. Um, we've heard for the last couple of seasons how um, there's been talk of the NBA pushing back the start of the season to December. Um, and it seems like probably like the last four or five years, there's been a lot of talks about shortening the regular season. Mm-hmm. Um, and the NBA would be able to do both really in this scenario. I think a lot of pe- people feel like 70, 72 games is probably like the perfect amount of games yeah. for an NBA season. And I think when a lot of people talk about that, they kind of picture that like like space, like the beginning of November until, you know, the, the first, second week of June. Um, like we've traditionally seen, which would help cut down on a lot of like the back-to-backs, three games in four nights, those types of things. But cutting the season and kind of moving it up a little bit and still hoping to end the season in the first, second week of June, um, I think we're not going to be able to eliminate as much of that as the NBA would like. Um, or people that have had that conversation around the league um, you know, would like to have that. Something else that I think kind of plays into you know the the leaking of this information now is um you know actually october 23rd the day um that this information was released uh the u.s posted a new record um of the most new cases in a single day um just over eighty-one thousand the other day so um the thing to remember though is even though it, it looks like we are getting that second spike like all the experts have been talking about this entire time as we get into the fall months um, you know, the daily death rates so far, um, you know, are not what we saw, you know, in, in March and April. So hope, hopefully that, you know, really stays down. Obviously, we don't want anyone getting sick, but obviously we definitely don't want people losing their lives. Mm-hmm. When we talk about, um, you know, the, the way that the NBA is going to handle this as far as, um, you know, 
playing a lot of their games, you know, in in region, um, like we saw, like you know, the MLB did. Um, but we're seeing the NFL so far has done a pretty good job um, of really keeping the schedule that they had in mind, uh, being able to play, you know, kind of intra-market games. You know, as we see like today, um, the Chargers uh, are taking on the Jacksonville Jaguars. So they're going across the entire country. The Bucks, they're playing in Vegas, another, you know, cross-country uh, travel for that team. So, um, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how they do it. It is going to suck um, not being able to, um, you know, have fans or, you know, we, I don't know, like in Florida, you know, the Bucks, they had like a couple weeks ago, they had like, I think it was like 12 or 13,000 people at the Bucks game. Now that's outside. It's a little bit different, but who knows? Maybe some of the teams are going to be able to have fans in arenas. I can guarantee you if the Magic are playing at the Amway, I'm I'm going to be there. I, I'm personally, my family, we're willing to, to take that risk as long as obviously there's social distancing, people wearing masks and everything like that. I would be willing to go. If you're not, I understand that. I'm not mm-hmm. judging you. Don't judge me for being willing to go. But it'll definitely be interesting to see how the NBA handles that. But, yeah, oh, man, just the I'm, fact that they're going to have another season is good enough for me. Yeah, and I'm interested to see. You know, they, they reduced the regular season so far. It's not official. Nothing's official yet um, to 72 games. I'm interested to see if they're willing to cut down on that maybe to 65, 60 games for this year. Solely for the purpose of, you know, like you've said, the NFL has, for the most part, stayed on task. But teams can only do so much with rescheduling because of their bye weeks. Um, now, if these NBA teams, maybe that's the NBA, maybe that was part of the reason they reduced to ten those 10 games uh, down to 72, just in case that, you know, they, we have, they have enough time, enough of a window. If a game needs to be rescheduled, then they're able to do that. Um, that's another logistical nightmare to try to, you know navigate but i'm interested to see kind of what they do if they do land on 72 if they go down to 65 or 60 games um you know just so there is some margin for for missing games um and you don't have a bunch of teams that haven't played the same amount of games i'm sure that'll happen a little bit um but hopefully just not as much as as possible i definitely think we're going to see some um some changes to as far as like what you're allowed to have on an active roster Um, you know, definitely going to see probably more G league guys getting called up. Um, they'll probably allow for some more two way contracts and things like that. Well, I, I don't know. Are we going to see a G league season? I mean, I don't really think that's been decided yet either. Um, but when you look at the NFL, like, you know, NFL has like their 53 man roster on game days, but they also have, you know, a full practice squad that they're able to, it's kind of like an extra pool of players that they're able to pull from. In the case where you see, you know, these these teams that have, you know, a few positive coronavirus tests, um, you know, and guys that kind of get put on like the leagues, the NFL's like virus list yeah. or whatever the case is. So definitely a lot still up in the air. Sounds like there's a lot uh, that needs to be discussed and decided by the league. Um, so definitely keep an eye out for that. Not much Orlando Magic news this week, uh, but the news that was released or slash leaked um, the Orlando Magic, however, did release there's going to be a change to the statement jerseys. Um, and, Luke, it's a huge change. Yeah, first of all, I think it was T. Ross who leaked that news initially before. The their, statement jerseys? Or you're the, t- are you talking about the city jerseys? Mm, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, t- uh, you know, I'm, I'm being very facetious when I say a huge change to the statement jerseys. Right, well, yes. Um, Let's talk about that first. So about the the T Ross stuff, 
No, this the statement jerseys, the the very minor change. They they swapped out the Nike logo for a Jordan oh. logo, and that's literally it. Yeah. See, you said that, and I should know which ones are statement jerseys, and I know now that I've thought about it. But, um, yeah, that was such a minor thing that I was just like, um, okay. I'm. I don't know that we needed like a whole announcement for it. No, that's the thing is if you have to make a production out of it to enhance like what it looks like and you can't just like say here's our jerseys or you can't like have a player actually wearing it like if you're not getting a player to come in and wear the jersey show it off or whatever release it or if you're not just going to post a graphic of the jersey straight up if you have to do like a, a motion graphic um and a whole production to try to make this more exciting than it is it's not it wasn't it was <laughs> nobody cared um all I've it does say, is make good people on Jordan. To, yeah, I mean they're taking over, and you know, the, obviously the only thing that really fans are concerned about is: Are you telling me like to look up the date? I have to go, like I'm, I have to go buy more stuff. And the Magic are yeah. like, yeah, you do. You have to buy more stuff. Well, I mean, it's it's a cool concept, right? Like everybody loves the Jordan logo; it's very iconic. But my thing is like, did Nike really need to do this? Like. I mean, maybe it's just a ploy to try to get them to sell more jerseys if a lot of teams aren't changing their statement jerseys from year to year. You throw a Jordan logo in, and like you're saying, people are like, oh, man, now I got to buy it. Or people that really weren't so much into it before, they see that Jordan logo on it, and they're like, oh, man, now I got to buy it. You know what I mean? But good for Jordan being able to, obviously, that was worked into the deal, the arrangement that the league made with Nike that, you know, at some point, you know, the the statement jerseys or whatever – um, I don't know if it's more than just one team. I would assume that it would be. I have no idea why it would just be the Magic that would do that, if anything. Um, I think I think maybe the Charlotte Hornets actually had that last year, like on their yeah. jerseys or one of their jerseys. Uh, they had the Jordan logo on it or like the Bulls. Like that would make a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So I'm assuming it's like a, a league-wide change to the statement jerseys. But no. So back to really what Luke was talking about as far as uh, the T. Ross leak. Luke, do you wanna you wanna unravel that for us? Uh, yeah, I mean, apparently, T. Ross was streaming, um, probably Call of Duty or something. Uh, I don't know. Uh, and someone asked a question about New Jersey's next year, and he was like, "Yeah, um, I think that you know the the solid color on the jersey is is just gonna be white um, instead of that you know gray or whatever it was." Uh, and then the, the, for the city jerseys, yeah, for the city jerseys and the lettering will just, will be orange still. Um, another thing that honestly isn't another thing. That's not a big change. Um, I don't know what the reason is. There's just like, they're making very subtle changes. Um, I will say I'll probably like those jerseys more than the other ones. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Jonathan, what, what would you like to see in terms of a, a, a jersey? I would like to see just, I mean, we've talked about this on the on the show in in the past. Um, I I was not a fan of the the anthracite gray on the on the jerseys. Um, mm-hmm. I just didn't think it looked that great. I didn't really think it had much to do with the magic. And then when Alex Martins came out and was talking about the jerseys and was like, "Oh, when Nike made this suggestion," I'm like, "Why are we? Why is Nike making suggestions to us?" On the jer- on the colors that we should put on our jerseys, that just makes n- that made no sense to me. 
However, I do think the white is going to be a cleaner, better look. I definitely think I'm going to be more of a fan of that. We've already seen some fans that have made some mock-ups um, of the jersey, just changing that gray anthracite color to a, a more crisp, clean white. Um, it's yet to be officially announced, but Terrence usually has a, a pretty good idea of what's going on. He's leaked things to, to you know fans through his social media. He leaked media the, the city past. court as well. Yeah, exactly. So um, it's coming from as a reliable of, of a source as we have. So um, at this point, I'm, I'm going with it. I'm pretty confident that's what it's going to be. It makes a lot of sense. They didn't change much of the statement jerseys, so it makes sense that they're just going to kind of make a minor tweak to the city jerseys. So I'm excited to see what that's going to look like. I'm excited um, to see the changes that is going to be on the court. I don't. The anthracite gray court was kind of cool, um, especially on TV. It kind of played nicely on the eyes. I don't. I'm not a a, a big fan of a lot of like light colors on mm -hmm. you know the, on the parquet. So it's going to be interesting to see if they make that change as well. But really, Luke, what you and I have talked about, and I offended Luke when I said this, it's you know true. that it should be it should be Gator colors, blue and orange. And Luke's like, "Oh, it's orange and blue." It so yeah, you know, I'm I'm really apologize There's, for offending there, you in that there, regard. There is a couple things when it comes to the Gators, Jonathan, that need to be known. Number one, it's orange and blue, not blue and orange. Number two, oh. when you Gator chomp, it is right over left arm, not left over right arm. We're very specific. I've been doing it wrong my entire life because I'm left-handed. Then so. exactly, and Tim Tebow did too, but I didn't. You know, I didn't give him a pass either. You know, I I wanted wow. him to Gator chomp correctly. Um, so yeah, you know that that's the two things. Anyway, I'll I'll let you continue. No, um, yeah, I just personally I would like to see the Orlando Magic get a little bit more bold with their branding. You know, with with the logo, with you know the jerseys. There's just so many iconic things like. If you if you're talking about like the the greatest you know franchises in NBA history, you might not you might you might get through a few before you list the Orlando Magic. However, when you start talking about the best jerseys in NBA history, like you might list one or two jerseys before you get to the Orlando Magic pinstripes. Like we are in that conversation, right? You might list a few more, and then you're getting to the Orlando Magic star jerseys, right? Like historically, we have some of the best cleanest. Um, jerseys in NBA history and we have so much history to be able to pull from that we should be able to utilize and then when you throw that orange idea in there I just think that gets people especially in Central Florida people that you know are a lot of Gator fans a lot of orange and blue and or blue and orange fans we won't get into that again um, as Luke is like what is this guy talking about I just I just laid it out for him I, um, I would really like to see you know Blue, white, orange, like those colors in there. The, the high school that I graduated from, if you are anywhere near the Tampa Bay area, shout out to Ridgewood, which is now defunct. It is now Wendell Crin Technical School. Ew. Um, our colors were orange, blue, and white. So being a fan of that, um, yeah, I could show you pictures of me, you know, colored, you know, from head to toe in, in you know, acrylic paint. Hey, you know, orange and blue, blue and orange. Listen, I've got uh, a coworker of mine who is a Cornhusker fan that goes on record saying the orange and blue combination is one of the best combinations he sees on jerseys. Like the Gators, orange and blue on jerseys is one of the cleanest, like best combinations. There are some people who very much disagree with that, but being a homer, they're, they're wrong. I love that statement, and I mean. I'm fine with with that. I just don't get me confused with the New York Knicks because then we're gonna have problems. Yeah, yeah. 
I mean, I really, I still do enjoy the New York Knicks, you know, colors, the, you know, the branding and everything like that, because I am a fan of that color scheme. And I'm not, I'm not saying go, you know, full into it. You don't have to go like an orange jersey, you know, with, with blue lettering, stuff like that. Just give me some orange accents, maybe some, you know, orange lettering like we've seen on these jerseys. That That's, that's all I'm asking for. Just a little bit more, uh, what's the word? Pizzazz. You know, pizzazz. I, I don't know if pizzazz is the best, uh, you know, adjective, but um, that's what I'm looking for. Just to look at them and be like, wow, like that took a lot of uh, thought, you know, creativity. They took some risks with that. But obviously you've got to execute it, right? Like a- as boring as I find the the current city jerseys or, um, you know, I think the white is definitely a step in the right direction. Um, I can say that the, the execution is mostly there. You know what I mean? Like it, it's not completely hideous. It's grown on me a little bit. Still not my favorite, but you know, it it is what it is, as they say, Luke. Um, yeah, and just uh, a little one-off here has nothing to do with this jersey conversation. Um, so if you wanted more from me, I apologize. I don't have any more. I agree with Jonathan. Uh, so that's fine. Um, I'm looking outside my window, Jonathan, out here in nice Omaha, Nebraska, and you know it's getting real when the roofs are white. Oh, I'm jealous. I can't lie. It's and Carmen was telling me the other day uh, when I, po- I what did I post? I forgot what I posted, but she said something like um, so jealous of the weather. And I said, I'll trade you because this is absurd. Um, it's October 25th here in Omaha, Nebraska. It is 28 degrees. It feels like 16 degrees and it's snowing mm. and it's going to snow through 5 a.m. So um, I'm supposed to go play basketball tonight. Uh and I just don't know. I'm I'm not you guys ready. Play outdoor or indoor? No. Well, thankfully we play indoor. Um, church oh, you're not to. ready for the you're not ready for the 200 foot walk from your car to the door. You. I'm poor not thing. ready to drive in it. Um, yeah, that's, every, that's a bit of a problem. I got used to it quickly, but now it's new again to me. Which I understand right. why people start driving like idiots when it snows for the first time because I completely forgot what it's like to drive in the snow. Right. Um, yeah, so that was just kind of I. Sorry, I literally didn't know it was snowing. Uh, I knew there was a chance today, but I look outside and these were normal colored roofs about an hour ago, and now they're just all white. So it's coming. Down. I gotta say, I feel I'm a little jealous right now. I right. I must say, I know you would trade, but like we were at Disney yesterday and it was 88 degrees. You know, yeah. carrying a uh, you know, my my daughter. You know, she's not even two years old yet, but she looks you know, probably like four years old. Right. She weighs close to 40 pounds. And mm-hmm. not only my back was killing me, but man, having to wear those masks, definitely right. not ideal. Uh-huh. Um, a little, little rant here. I miss my fast passes. My Disney annual pass holders out there know what that's about. Obviously it was, you know, just good to be there. And I go there mostly for the food anyways. Wait. Um, so fast what? passes typically are just done through the app, right? Um, I, I mean, I only have had that experience. Um, we've kind of, since we've been going to Disney, we've always been annual pass holders, you know, with the magic bands and everything like that. So but, that's always been my experience, yeah. But you, okay, but you, you even though you're a, a pass holder, you still have to use the app, right? You don't get it for every ride regardless. Right, yeah, no, no, you still have to use the app. So basically the way that it works is like once you make your reservation, so if you have... If you're staying on property, if you're staying at one of the Disney hotels, I think it's 60 days out yeah. from your visit, um, you know, the day that you're supposed to check into your hotel, you can make fast passes. If you're right. just going on a whim, I think it's 30 days. Mm. You can get 
up to three fast passes before yeah. you go. And then I believe it's once you've used that third fast pass, mm-hmm. um, then you can start looking around the park on your phone and finding like the next available fast passes. So we'll have like our first three rides picked out, ready to go. We'll knock those out in the first couple hours at the park. And then the rest of the day, you're literally just pulling up your app and being like, okay, what's the, the soonest fast pass? Yeah. You find that and then you just hit fast passes all day long while you're walking around and eating at the park. So the last you know year and a half that we've been annual pass holders we just got really you know spoiled by that so yesterday was a different experience but um it was just good to be able to to be there it's definitely different but still had a good time what park did you guys go to we went to magic kingdom because that's uh, you know the most magical place on earth and avery hasn't been there since she's been more aware and everything so it was a lot of fun what uh what food did you did you have that you okay so if if you are, if you're like a real Disney foodie, you already know about the spring rolls at Magic Kingdom, right? So as you're leaving, like, you know, the, the Main Street USA area, you know, where the castle is, if you turn left and you start heading towards Adventureland, right before you walk over the bridge to Adventureland, to the right, there's a little spring roll cart there, right? Mm. They open at 11 a.m. every day, I believe every day. Um, and if you don't get there, like, 11:40 I'm sorry like 10:40 maybe 10:55 10:50 if you're lucky and get in line you're already going to be way back in line like we got there at 10:25 I think and we were like the third people waiting in line mm. but people walk up and and it's there's other spring roll carts throughout the park but this is the only cart that you can get the pepperoni pizza spring rolls at what the and they are absolutely fire. People, I've seen people buy like ten or twelve of these things at a time. How are they? So p- they're pretty pricey, right? They have I to think, be. I think you get two of them for seven dollars. Huh. So, yeah. I mean, for for theme park food, it's really not that bad. But in my opinion, it's one hundred and fifty percent worth one standing in line, and it's it's worth the price of it. Sounds like you need fast passes for that cart. I mean, they would come in handy for sure, mm-hmm. but like they 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 just fly. Like we obviously you have to, um, you know, you have to be six feet apart in all these lines. But by the time we got to the front of the line, we looked around. The line was almost back to Cinderella's castle. Luke. <laughs> like Cinderella it's, it's was ridiculous. about to hop in line. Yo, but- Cinderella's like, what's going on out there? <laughs> I lost my slipper, but I'll take a spring roll. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Like, Wait. So with those lines, the I know we're off topic, guys, but forgive us. It's okay. slow anyway in this new cycle. We're talking about jerseys for crying out loud. Remember this talk. when we said this was going to be a quick episode before we hopped on? Like, yeah, but then I, like I've said to many people during this time, and like many new parents say, I crave any interaction with adults. Especially if it's like on the phone or mic or whatever. So I'm just, this is my outlet right now. So with the lines at Disney, everybody is six feet apart. And if so, um, is it, do they have like the estimated time still on, you know, when you'll be able to get on? And is it harder to tell, like, oh, that line's long when really it's only like 10 parties of people? I've got to tell you, I, I've heard a few things from like people that are annual pass holders at Disney and also people that are um, Universal Studios annual pass holders. And a lot of people have said that Universal has kind of done it better than mm. Disney. Mm. Um, obviously, I haven't been to Universal, so pay I can't better really too. speak to that. What's that? They pay their, their people well, better, too. I mean, hey, we're, we're not into you know a labor <laughs> dispute here. But um, 
from the moment that we pulled into the parking lot, I was pretty impressed just with the way that they were navigating parking because the way that they did it is that the first you know wave of people that came in, if you've ever been to Disney, you know you you if you pull into an empty spot, you pull all the way ahead, and then you know the next people kind of pull right behind you. Well, what they did is they they kind of at the the beginning of the day they block off like every other spot, so they have people you know come in and then once that part of the parking lot is filled they open up those other spots so you're not getting out of your car right next to somebody else Mm. so from the moment we pulled into the parking lot i I was pretty impressed with that but to speak to your question about the lines no they've done a great job like the estimated time like it is the estimated time the thing about being six feet apart is that you know they're letting people onto the ride so you're almost like constantly walking through the the line even though you're you're still waiting but if you've ever been to disney if it's a 25 minute wait, it's like every other minute you're taking a few steps forward. And then a few minutes go by, you take a few more steps forward. With this, it was like I'm holding my toddler as her and I are going on a Pirates of the Caribbean, and I'm literally walking for like 15 minutes to get onto this ride. So my back was completely shot by the time that we got on the ride. But You've already got a bad back for those that don't I, know. Oh my so. God, dude. I was, I was dying. Uh, we were only there for three hours yesterday. One just because because of my back was you know killing me, and it was just so hot, and you know the kids were tired and everything, due to the heat and the walking and everything like that. But for the most part, it was a good time. I so. mean, I I can't imagine that just because like I uh, I don't have nearly as bad a back as that you do. Um, I still get back pain if I stand holding something for long enough. I can't imagine the back pain holding Avery around Disney because I hold my seven pound daughter for 30 minutes standing and i'm like wow okay uh i need to sit down so oh yeah i can't imagine holding avery around there hey i've been i've been doing a lot of chiropractic treatments i've been doing some core exercises i've been back Uh in the gym the last week so i'm i'm getting to a, a point where it's it's really not that bad i've been playing basketball about once a week um Jump shot still wet, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? That's mm-hmm. just one thing that just seems to run in my blood. Um, <laughs> yeah. Personally, my own blood, not my family. Right. Um, I was going to say, Avery's yeah. got a killer jump shot you haven't told us about. Uh, I mean, we'll see, you know. I mean, people have seen some some videos on my personal Instagram of us playing basketball in the pool. Mm. I will say she has really good instincts around the rim. Um, <laughs> seems to be a really aggressive finisher. So yeah. we'll see if that manifests into anything as she gets older. But mm. Luke, last thing that I want to talk about before we end the show today, um, we're not really at the point where um, the both of us feel comfortable talking about like our draft prospect predictions and and who we want to you know the magic to draft and who we think they'll draft. However, I've started to do a little bit of homework. I've been hearing this guy's name over the last couple of months, um, and it seems like every single year there's one prospect that I just I just. I just start to drool over. Stop. I fall you need in to love stop. With. You need to stop right now because you know what's going to happen, Jonathan. No, no, that's the point that I'm getting to. This okay. guarantees that the Magic are not getting this guy. So I'm sorry. I'm going to say his name in a moment. And to anyone else who has been getting excited about this guy potentially being drafted by the Magic, I'm sorry because I'm personally ruining it. Ruining yeah. it. So I don't know if if you've heard his name. I don't know if you've looked into him at all, Luke. Um, but uh, Tyrell Terry out of Stanford. Yeah. Have you have you done any research? Have you have you been looking at the numbers? Have you uh, anything? You got anything? Because yeah. if not, I got I got a couple things to say. 
Yeah, no, um, I haven't done my research specifically on him. That I have another name in mind, so you can go ahead and tell me a little bit about, uh, okay. about this I'll guy. Talk, I'll talk Tyrell Terry like I'm telling you, like you haven't heard of him before. And then whoever you're talking about, you can do the same thing to me. So this is the thing about the first the first time I saw anything about Tyrell Terry, right, it was probably about, mm, I don't know, maybe two months ago. So he's listed 6'2", 160 pounds. Um, not the most athletic guy. He's got a little bit of, you know, a little bit of bounce. Um, Stanford's first ever one and done prospect, by the way, he's staying in the draft. So he's their first ever one and done prospect. First ever. Um, I believe averaged 14 points, um, somewhere around possibly four to six assists. Like I said, I haven't gotten too into the weeds on him shot 40% from the three point line. Stanford won 20 games this season. Um, but the first thing that I saw about him is that he has tremendously been working on his body since the NCAA season um, was shut down. I think he's put on about 15 to 20 pounds, um, has been working on his athleticism, has improved his vertical leap, which he, he was able to dunk at Stanford um, a little bit. So um, any boost of athleticism is going to go a long way. Uh, but definitely a guy, Luke, in my opinion, that I could see if the Magic are able to move on from Evan Fournier, um, it seems like the last two, three seasons, we've been begging the Magic to draft a guy that is a legitimate secondary playmaker, um, a guy that's going to be able to create his own shot, a guy that's going to be able to shoot the ball, what seems to be pretty efficiently. Um, obviously, isn't the best defender, is not the biggest guy, is not the most athletic guy, mm-hmm. um, but definitely seems like in just hearing his interviews, hearing the way that he speaks, um, seems like a pretty intelligent guy. Um, I watched a video today of him and, and Mike Schmitz um, from Draft Express and ESPN, just breaking down some film with him. Um, seems to be a pretty high IQ guy, seems to be pretty intelligent. So seems to be a, a guy that if he's willing to put in the work, uh, could turn himself into be a pretty solid team defender right now at the shooting guard position we've got Evan Fournier who obviously isn't the best guy at staying um, in front of guys but in a guy in his own right can be a pretty solid team defender for stretches at at a time so um, that's that's the guy Luke I've been watching him I I love his game Um, seems like a guy who is able to break down guys off of the dribble um, can get to the rim at times uh, but seems to be a, a really great shooter. Talked about um, guys that he kind of models his game after. He said there's not really one guy in specific. He likes to uh, pull aspects from different guys like Steph Curry. He loves Steph Curry's uh, ability to, to get open off of the ball, uh, which leads to, to good spot-up three attempts. Uh, likes C.J. McCollum's ability to, to pull up off of the dribble. Um, likes the way that J.J. Redick comes off of screens, J.J. Redick's footwork specifically. So, um those are all, uh, I guess, not red flags. What would, what would be the opposite of a red flag? A green flag? I don't know. <laughs> but I'm I'm falling in love with the kid as a as a prospect, as uh, as fit for the Magic. Um, it seems like there's been a lot of talk of him potentially going to the Phoenix Suns earlier in the lottery. Um, but every mock draft that I've seen of him, um, I think Kevin O'Connor with the Ringer is the only um, mock draft that I've seen that has him going. As early as 15 to the Magic, everyone else has him going like 17th or, or, or 20th, 21st, stuff like that. So his draft stock seems to be on the rise, but if it's me right now, that is one of the guys that I would definitely be circling as far as a potential pick at 15 for the Magic. Um, Yeah, I, I saw his name once or twice. Like you said, that not many people have him at 15, typically have him a little lower than that later in the draft, I think. Um. However, um, the guy that I 
have looked into only because um so a buddy of ours and and a buddy of mine will soon be a buddy of the show um eric fawcett he's done mock nba drafts for uh, nba canada china ev- japan everything um those nba sites have have uh you know had him do mock drafts for all of their stuff um and the one that he has the magic taking uh, at 15 is i and i could be saying his name his first name wrong they'll know um sadiq bay uh he's from villanova um he is six foot eight 215 pounds 611 wingspan front office is gonna love that about him um 611 wingspan but he really is like your stereotypical like three and d guy um he the, the thing i do like about him is that he shoots the three ball pretty well at least he did in college um he shot 45 percent in college uh 47 almost 48 from the field almost 80 percent from the free throw line 16 points a game five rebounds a game um this is a guy who um typically is guarding the opponent's best player um and it's not because he's super quick laterally but mainly because of his size being 6'8 and having a 6'11 wingspan um, you know, we know some guys on the Magic that have a, a that are pretty long and uh, have a nice wingspan that has really translated to their defensive game being very good. Not saying he would be the next Jonathan Isaac defensively. Not many people can be. Um, but all that to say, um, he is seems to be pretty promising. He's probably one of those guys that's got a high floor, low ceiling. Um, so he might not be you know, an incredible player in the league, but he's, you know, his, his floor is pretty high. Um, so I think that's a guy that the magic could get excited about, especially at 15. Um, his shooting mechanics are a little weird, but like I said, he shot, I think 45% from three in college. So, um, could be a guy that the magic look at, uh, and maybe is, is on the magic roster. So we'll see. My only, and I've heard his name thrown around. I've seen him on a lot of mock drafts with the Magic. My only thing, and obviously we can talk more about fit and everything like that, um, you know, once we kind of flesh out, you know, our our pre-draft, you know, process, if you will. My only thing is, like, how many 6'8 forwards, 3 and D guys, you know, potentially 3 and D guys, are we going to draft? Like, that's what everybody says, right? Like, how many wingspan guys are we going to draft? And it seems like every... You know, free agency, every trade deadline, every you know pre-draft process. It's like okay, now the Magic need to get a playmaker. Now the Magic need to you know get some some more shooting. Where you know a six eight you know Sadiq Bay one. Obviously, we're talking about a guy who's going to be small forward, power forward somewhere around there. We're talking about Chuma Okiki. We're talking about Aaron Gordon. We're talking about Al Farouk Aminu, Jonathan Isaac when he gets back. So that's kind of and I've seen his name come up on a lot of these mock drafts. So that's like my only question is like. It seems to be like, especially as far as like the national media perspective goes, whenever they critique the Magic, it's like the Magic have no direction. They just keep drafting forwards. They just keep drafting bigs. So it's like at some point it feels like like we've got to get away from that. Wouldn't you agree with that? Yeah, no, it would. But Sadiq has a pretty skilled um, – he's pretty skilled dribbling the ball uh, with his ball handling for being six foot eight. Um, he played the one through four spot at Villanova. Um, like I said, always guarded the best player on on the other team as well. So, um, I mean, who knows if 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 he's a guy the Magic need to get away from? Um, I mean, he could be a guy at six eight that you put at the at the two spot. 
um, and and let him do that with you know alongside guys like like AG and and JI if AG's still there. I definitely wouldn't hate the pick. I think at that point though, you're probably you're definitely trying to move on from AG. It, just oh, in my I opinion, mean, I I would like for that to happen, but who knows? But I think if you move AG, um, you're definitely moving up in the draft, and then I think you might be looking at like a little bit as far as like you know best p- player available and stuff like that goes. I don't know if Sadiq Bay would be you know the pick if the Magic were to move up. I think, right. um, I don't know, they could potentially you know get somebody else. But I mean, if he's their guy, then you know you do whatever you need to do to to get your guy at that point. So. But Luke and I, you know, obviously we've talked about we're going to do a little bit more research on some of these college guys. Um, obviously, during like the college football season for Luke, NFL football for me, obviously when the Magic are playing, I just I really don't have that much time, you know, to pay attention to college basketball outside of North Carolina basketball. And I don't think um, Cole Anthony is a good fit for the Magic. So that's right now. That's kind of where it uh, stops and starts for me. Yep. I don't know if you got any Florida Gators, you know, on your eye, but uh, um, you know, I'm not. I don't know. Not not this year. Not this year. This ain't but the year. This ain't the year. Well, so much for a short episode, Luke. But hey, uh, it always good happens. nonetheless. It always, always happens. happens. We can't help ourselves. No. So, but thank you guys so much for listening to the Six Man Show. As always, for Luke, this has been Jonathan, and we will catch you guys next time. See you. Thanks for listening to The Six Man Show. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and Stitcher to get new episodes downloaded directly to your phone. Please take a minute to give us a five-star rating and a review. It would really help us out a lot. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Six Man Show and like us on Facebook. We'll catch you guys next time. Go Magic!